Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include capacity and overhead. My interview with Stratmore's Brent McCracken on how mortgage companies can utilize secret shopping in jobs, inflation, and now supply. Today's podcast is brought to you by Simple Nexus, an Encino company and award-winning developer of mortgage technology for modern lenders. Nexus Closing makes digital closings a breeze. Automatic status updates and instant collaboration tools help borrowers confidently navigate the closing process. And features that support e-sign, e-disclosures, and e-closings increase productivity and margins. To learn more about Nexus Closing, visit simplenexus.com. Lenders are very concerned about overcapacity and therefore overhead. On a micro level, staff that may have been held onto just in case volume picked up are being reviewed. On a bigger scale, owners of lenders and vendors have seen their values decline and mergers and acquisitions are definitely a topic. The latest example of this is Denver's proprietary capital announcing plans to buy 100% of New Jersey's American Financial Resources, or AFR. Employees and counterparties were told Friday. And on a macro level, this week, the economic calendar features fresh updates on inflation with both the July Consumer Price Index and Producer Price Index reports. We also have auctions of 3- and 10-year notes and 30-year bonds going off at higher amounts than originally forecast and yields generally on the rise. There's lots going on. The Fed remains concerned with wage inflation and views the cooling labor costs as essential to bringing inflation down to its 2% target. Job openings remained high in June at 9.6 million, which equates to 1.6 openings per unemployed person. Higher productivity in the second quarter helped keep labor unit costs increases lower over the quarter, rising 1.6% on an annualized basis compared to the first quarter's 3.9% increase and 2022's 7.4% increase. Manufacturing activity continued to contract while services expanded at a slower pace in July. With most sectors of the economy still expanding and wage growth still strong, rates are likely to remain higher for longer. For today's interview, I want to welcome to the show Stratmore's Brett McCracken to talk about how mortgage companies can utilize secret shopping. Stratmore works with bank-owned independent and credit union mortgage lenders and their industry vendors on strategies to solve complex challenges, streamline operations, improve profitability, and accelerate growth. I was actually on a road trip uh, over the course of the last month, all the, you know, Utah, Wyoming, Colorado, Nebraska, Iowa, and uh, I, I stopped for breakfast at Burger King, and I was thinking, oh, well, I'd seen all these signs on the side of the road that Wendy's had just launched a breakfast, and I was like, oh, maybe I should try Wendy's, and I, I wondered if uh, Wendy's, when they decided to do their breakfast, how much competitive research they did and, and secret shopping they did at, at competitors. And I'd, I'd say this long-winded story because I want to talk to you today about secret shopping in the mortgage industry. And uh, let's let's start with the basics. What is secret shopping? Yeah, so secret shopping is a great way to really inspect what you expect. It's either for the companies themselves to look at you know, what consumers actually experience when they go through whatever their product or service is, um, or it's a way for them to look at what competitors are doing. We see um, both actually happen quite a bit in the banking space. Typically, we have 
more banks and, and independent mortgage bankers interested in secret shopping their competitors than themselves, which I felt always find kind of uh, kind of interesting. But it's it's a great way to have an independent third party, especially. And I think that companies should do this themselves. But you have to start with kind of the parameters. If it's you're giving to somebody else, it's that set of instructions to say this is what we want you to go test. And you go through document, you analyze, and then we go through and compile all the information for the businesses to say, okay, here's the actual experience that people who show up to look at doing business with your company are going through. And oftentimes, pretty good way to shine lights on areas of the business that people get so busy, honestly, they just don't think to check to see, hey, what is it like to buy a product from us or to receive consultation from one of our experts. So as I alluded at the start, we hear a lot about retail companies or restaurants using secret shoppers. Why should mortgage companies use it? I guess you kind of addressed why don't they use it? We get caught up in uh, our own things or don't think about it, but but let's talk about why mortgage companies should use it. It's a unique product. You know, first of all, it's complicated. Um, and you really can't secret shop the entire experience end in unless you're really committed to filling out the application, having your credit pulled, you know, giving information on your income and assets. Um, you know, it's it's pretty involved. The front end of the process is, is pretty easy to And one thing I typically ask when I'm speaking to a group of executives is I ask a few questions. The first, have you obtained a, a mortgage loan lately? And, you know, especially in 2020 and 2021, a number of people had, had raised a hand or, or indicated, yes, they had. And the next question I always ask is, did you obtain the company that you work at right now? And typically those hands go down pretty low unless they work for a larger bank because they, they typically are so large. They've got a kind of a segmented group that will go and, and handle those transactions. But I think it's important to recognize the fact that this is not a product that people typically go to their place of employment to obtain only because of the sensitive nature of the information being shared, right? I mean, is everyone their coworkers or the specialized group of coworkers to see their trade lines, their income, their assets? Um, you know, if there's a divorce decree, there's a lot of personal information that gets shared, obviously, during the, the process of obtaining a home loan. And, and so what I've observed is there are many employees, executives included, that simply do not know what the exact experience is because they've never experienced it themselves. They'll typically go with a friend, a competitor, maybe who's also a friend. Um, because that's so personal, they want that experience to be outside of of their peers who they work with uh, on a day to day basis. And so, I think that the first part is it's hard to replicate. If you were to say, "Hey, we all work at Chipotle," everyone can share that experience, right? Look at the company where you just want to show up as a consumer. You show up as a consumer. You walk through the front door, and it's a very symmetrical experience, right? You can easily see behind the counter the end of the kitchen, you know what's going on, you have a good sense for what the actual experience. A mortgage is simply a lot more complicated. And you've got to invest a lot of time and energy into saying, you know, what is that experience? And then how do you begin to test it multiple times? That's really where the where the challenge comes in. If you want to play 15 times over two months, that's pretty easy to do. You might want to hit the gym after that as well. But to say, I'm really, really going to test our mortgage experience, you can't just test one experience. You've got to do it multiple times. And for that fact, I think that a lot of people just don't do it. 
you know, my dad will be the first to tell you that I, I will hit Chipotle 15 times over a couple months. And, <laughs> and well, I, in true story, he, him and my sister actually got me a Chipotle gift card for uh, Christmas last year. So, so this is hitting home, but let's, let's talk about the barriers to secret shopping at this point uh, for mortgage companies specifically, what are those barriers that make it difficult? Yeah. So the first thing is, is you kind of need to know where to start, right? Um, as I say, you don't want to just do one test, call it one and done and say, okay, well, we secret shopped ourselves one time. You, know, you might have a thousand different loan consultants and they might be, you know, across different regions, different offices. You might have a consumer direct um, model. You might have both. You might have both retail and consumer direct. So the first thing I think is a hurdle is to sit there, spend some time and really thoughtfully put together, what is your plan for what is it that you want to test? Um, you know, sometimes we have lenders who say, I really want to test my you know, best and brightest, the people that we hold up on a pedestal. And we want to see what's the experience actually like when you talk to them up front about getting, you know, obtaining a home loan. And then they might want to test some individuals that just aren't quite hitting the mark. So they have all the attributes, they should be pretty good, but their numbers aren't really panning out or their consumer feedback scores aren't very high. And then a really good one is we're seeing, especially banks and credit unions, they tend to hire people that have really good customer experience skills, but maybe they don't have the background in home lending. And so they're going to put them through a training experience. And what those lenders want to see is how well is that training being applied in the real world? So the first thing you have to think through, I think, is what is it that you want to test and, and what are you trying to get to? Uh, senior executives in particular, they get so busy running the day-to-day -day business. Right now in this market, you know, they're just trying to stay profitable or break even or get close to that. And so there's so much stress on leadership trying to keep the ship on course that they don't stop to think, hey, what is my experience like? Um, so I think the first barrier is just acknowledging that I should go out and, and test the consumer experience. And the good news on that is there's some pretty low-hanging fruit to do it, right? Grab your mobile phone, go on your website, and try to do some things that you think a consumer would try to do. For example, you might want to look up an originator, maybe referred over from a real estate agent. Um, you may want to get some basic information on products, uh, interest rates, information on being a first-time homebuyer. One of my favorite things to do is to go fill out the contact form. Um, I always measure to see how long does it take for someone to respond and what does the response look like. Not all websites even have a contact form, believe it or not. So, you know, does your website have that? Um, I like to start an application and then stop and see see what happens. A lot of consumers will do that. They'll get to the point of where it asks for their social security number. And if they've not had an interaction with the institution before, um, maybe they're like, I don't really know if I want to do this, so let me stop. And so they'll stop. I like to see what happens. Does a lender have the workflow to then automatically load that call into a, a dialer and have someone reach out to check in. We've seen excellent results when institutions will go and they will proactively try to find those people who started and stopped. Maybe they had a question, maybe they felt uncomfortable, maybe they got busy, you know, take the kids somewhere and they have a really good engaging conversation. All of a sudden they have a very high conversion rate as well. Um, I also like to call in and speak to loan officers. And one of the, one of my favorite things to do is to ask for a quote in writing. If a lender's never done that, there's no barrier to it other than just picking up the phone. And, and maybe if you have a 
distinctive voice, have a relative do it, you know, a partner, a spouse, an adult child. Say, hey, I want you to call my company and, and here's what I want you to ask for. Um, I like to see him do that. So th- those aren't barriers. Again, it's just kind of thinking about it. But when it comes down to lenders, additional barriers I think they have is the fact that we live in different worlds digitally, right? The lenders, whether you're the loan officer, the process of the, the underwriter, you're typically living inside of a, a loan origination system. When you're the consumer, you're you're living inside the point of sale, whether it's from a third party point of sale provider like Blend, Simple Nexus, Roostify, Cloud Verga, um, or if it's something native like Consumer Connect, if you're using that through Encompass. And so there, one, one of the barriers is just innate in the experience, which is because we live in dif- different digital worlds, it's hard to understand the other person's perspective because you don't see it on a day-to-day basis. That goes back to the Chipotle experience. You can walk through the front door and share the experience, right? Um, so I, I think I think those are some of the barriers that that they that they run into um, in, in just starting to to inspect what their experience is like. I want to flip that around and say, what are some of the biggest barriers they find consumers have with completing the loan application? process. You mentioned, oh, I don't want to give my social or, oh, I took the, the kids to the park and, and forgot to read to, to finish this. What, uh, what do companies find when they, when they do the secret shopping? Yeah, good question. So I think kind of a feather in the cap for the industry is I remember when Rocket came out that commercial years ago was push button, get mortgage. And I think that spooked a lot of lenders. You know, what is Rocket figured out? What are they doing? How are they going to get these loans done so quickly? Um, and that really, in, in my mind, started off the experience of um, the point of sale. So that's where you saw, you know, you saw blends and roostify, as I mentioned, simple nexus. These companies started to come to market. And what was good about that, I think, for the consumer experience is that there's a very high pull-through rate on all those applications, right? Typically well north of 80%, you know, closer to 90%. So you've got companies who have spent millions and millions of dollars trying to reduce the transactional friction for a for a consumer. And I think they've done a pretty good job on the whole. Um, where I think that the lenders then need to go out and, and continue to test is we've seen a couple of lenders do this on an annual basis. And I think it's a really smart thing to do. They'll get a group of people inside of a conference room and they'll have a loan officer, a processor, an underwriter, um, you know, a closer, They'll have executives, lab line managers, and we'll actually sit and go through the entire end-to-end experience. And one of the findings typically is you start to see jargon that's being used by the industry being passed over to the consumer. You know, it might say in there an LOX instead of a letter of explanation. And so when you go through the experience, you start to put yourself through the consumer's frame of mind. You say, okay, well, we serve up a borrower's needs list. Is it written in plain English what we need? Are we introducing any transactional friction for them to to provide the document back to us. So I'll use the example of a letter of explanation. You know, do you provide the template? Is it built into the platform where they can just freeform type and it answers the question? Um, do you tell them they need to open up a Word document, type up the answer, hit save and upload the file? It's, it's when you actually start to go through the experience and you see, oh, wow, because I'm not living in the digital world that they are, I can now see where we don't make the process intuitive or where we have some opportunity to improve um, on, on, on our end. So I think by and large, consumers are having a pretty good experience with the end-to-end digital experience, both the application phase and then the post-submission portal. 
there's definitely been a lot of strides on that since the concept of the quote unquote digital mortgage took off. Um, but there's always there's always kind of room for improvement. It's only when the lenders go in and they spend a lot of time examining what the experience is for various experiences too. You know, not just one or two, but it's what happens when I add a non-borrowing owner, for example, uh, or two. You know, what happens if I have a co-borrower, a borrower, but I need to drop the co-borrower because they don't qualify? What's that experience look like? Um, when they go through those various permutations, they get a pretty good idea of what the actual experience is. And ultimately for lenders, once they enact the the secret shopping approach, how do they apply that into their operations? Uh, that's a great question. So the first thing is to take all the findings, put it in a kind of consumable report or a presentation and share it with the employees. Um, we, we recently did a secret shopper back in May for about 30 banks, credit unions, IMVs that, that showed up. And I think, um, well, I know for a fact, because we got some emails from the executives that attended, they were really surprised to see what was going out on their behalf, right? And it's understandable. Let's say you're in a marketing department, and I'll use an example of a credit union. We don't often find that mortgage divisions inside of a credit union have a dedicated marketing person. That means they've got a pretty wide portfolio of products that they're responsible for, personal loans, credit card, maybe wealth advisor, you know account openings for various new accounts, business loans they might provide, uh, and of course, home loans as well. And so that person gets pretty busy with, I need to get this marketing out the door and move on to the next project. Where you start to run into the problem is the old set it and forget it, right? So we, when we were doing the testing, we were getting emails that said, you'll hear from somebody within 48 to 72 hours. And I could tell that was messaging that was put in during the height of COVID. Right? when it was very hard for people to reach back out to the intern the, the uh, inbound inquiries well we're in a much different world where we are today so that marketing you have to go back and actually say okay we can probably respond same day or within a few hours um and so i think that that's one of the keys is, is that when you look at the process that you set up do you actually go back and say all right i've had these silo projects we deployed our los We've deployed our point of sale. We've deployed our CRM. We've deployed our you know marketing journey through you know a third party, whether you're using Total Expert or Volley or, or Surefire. Those are all disparate databases. And the question is, did you set everything up where to the consumer it's actually a cohesive experience, or does it feel pretty broken? You know, the UI UX, the messaging, the tone of the messages that go out is it a unified experience for the consumer. And typically, it's not. And it's not because of the, those reasons that I listed, because you kind of set it and forget it, or you have different people working on different projects and they just simply don't coordinate with one another. And when that happens, then that, that's when you run into a very disjointed consumer experience. And let's bring this all together to close. How can Stratmore help or how does Stratmore help when it comes to secret shopping? Yeah, we've got a pretty good um, program. It's quite robust and we're, we're, fairly bespoke in how we um, help this with lenders, right? Some of them say, well, I really want to test, um, you know, my retail group. Or I really want to test my consumer direct group. Can you actually walk into a branch? If we're physically in a location where we can, we can certainly do that. Can you test my competitors, but can you also test me as well? So we see the, the various requests that the uh, lenders come to us with, and then we help put some shape and some form around that. 
Several will just defer to us and say, okay, here's pretty much the direction I know I want to go. And here's the information I want to get. But you guys do this all the time. Can you tell me what should I be looking for? Um, and so we set up the entire program for them. How many secret shops do you want to do? What do you want to test? Do you want to do purchase? Do you want to do refinance? Do you want to do home equity? Um, do you want us to test by calling in? There are so many things that we can put into it and they get very valuable information. The biggest piece I'd say to it, though, is knowing how to set the structure up properly, right? You have to create personas and it's not just a pick up the phone and go. We spend a good amount of time on the prep work. We confirm what's being tested, the format that they, they want that output in so they can actually share, you know, what is the reporting actually going to look like? And what are the key metrics that they feel as an institution they're either falling behind on or they think they're doing well, but they want to test it and see. So what we bring to the table is that third party, as I said, dispassionate um, lens. And, you know, we just give a very candid assessment. You know, we do things that you typically, you know, wouldn't maybe think to do, which are, you know, we'll be on the phone with a loan officer. We'll say, hey, you know, I, I'm sorry, I got to go. Uh, I got somebody at the front door and then I got to take off. Can you call me back Tuesday at 3 p.m.? Little things like that. And then you're going to check to see, did they put notes into the CRM? Did they create a calendar event? Was the calendar event sent to me? Did they actually call at 3 p.m. when I requested? Typically, they don't. Um, so it's a bunch of really small items like that that we have gotten good at over the years. We've picked up these ideas as, uh, this is a pretty legitimate and consistent consumer experience. We should add that into the test. We put all those together in, in a series of secret shops. And then what comes out of it is a pretty good picture for the lender where they can understand what the actual experience is. And I think the key for them is, is that it starts to put the piece of the puzzle they don't typically have. What I mean by that is lenders are very good at the quantitative aspect of their business. If they're, let's say, a consumer direct shop in particular, they're very good at the data coming in, the data coming out. They know their cost per lead, cost per contact, cost per app, cost per lot, cost per funded loan. It's a little bit different in the retail world because it's a more face-to-face -face environment, but they still, if they're using a CRM, they still have data inputs that they can track. So one of the common questions we get is, you know, our numbers don't look that good. Can you come in? Are we are we bringing the wrong opportunity? You know, why aren't we converting? And the piece I always look for is, is to ask, you know, do you compliantly record your calls? If so, can we listen to those? And that then brings in the piece that they're missing, which is the qualitative aspect. I can tell you, Robbie, from listening to, I can't tell you how many calls have been over the years, probably a few hundred, um, going back well over a decade, is I can always tell by listening to a call recording between a loan consultant and a consumer why a deal was or was not originated. And that really is where the rubber meets the road for these lenders. If they're trying to figure out, you know, why don't we have better conversion on purchase, you know, especially top of funnel, um, we go and we do that research and we can point to the contributing factors for why the expectation is probably not being met on their side. Very well put. And I think it really all comes down to how confident are these companies in their customer experience? And it sounds like you can really help out. Brett, I, I want to thank you for making the time today. I found this very informative and uh, I think the listeners did too. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for the time. And I, I hope everyone at least takes a moment today that's listening and you know, go out and fill a web form out on your on your website. See the emails that you get. See what happens when they call you. Um, if you haven't done it, I promise it's a, it's usually an eye opening experience. So uh, if you need help with it, give us a call. We enjoy doing these, and um, I, I think it's one of the best things a lender can do. One of the best activities they can do 
especially in today's market where every deal matters. Economic data released over the last week continues to show a cooling jobs market. 187,000 jobs were added in July, and the prior two months' data were revised down by 49,000. The unemployment rate declined at 3.5%, and average hourly earnings rose 0.4% during the month and 4.4% from one year ago. The U.S. government is constantly selling slash auctioning off debt, but every three months there's a sale of longer-dated securities. This week's market-moving events include the $103 billion quarterly, quarterly refunding over Tuesday to Thursday, with consumer price index on Thursday followed by producer prices and Michigan sentiment on Friday. Fed speakers are currently light amid the dog days of summer. Regarding MBS, markets will be reacting to tonight's agency per payment release with Class A 48 hours on Thursday, then Classes B and C the following Tuesday and Thursday. Today's calendar kicks off with Atlanta Fed President Bostich and Fed Governor Bowman delivering remarks before a Fed listens event. Later today brings the Employment Trends Index for July and Consumer Credit for June. We begin the week with the two-year at 4.83, agency MBS prices worth a few ticks or 30 seconds, and the 10-year yielding 4.09 after closing last week at 4.06%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. Have you heard of the Vincent Van Gogh family tree? He had a dizzy aunt, Vertigo, a brother who ate prunes, gotta go, the brother who worked at a convenience store, stop and go, his grandfather from Yugoslavia, you go, his magician uncle, where did he go, the nephew who drove a stagecoach, Wells Fargo, the constipated uncle. Can't go. The ballroom dancing ant. Tango. The bird lover uncle. Flamingo. An ant who taught positive thinking. Way to go. The little bouncy nephew. Poe. Go. The sister who loved disco. Go. Go. <laughs> the brother with low back pain. Lumbar. Go. <laughs> And finally, the niece who travels country in her RV. Winnie Bay, go. <laughs> Thanks again to today's podcast sponsor, Simple Nexus, an NCNO company, developer of mortgage technology, uniting the people, systems, and stages of the mortgage process into one seamless end to end solution. Learn more at simplenexus.com. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.